Sorry, I'm not hearing. My mic is on. We'll just continue with it. I, I think we're we're going. So, anyways, as you'll notice, this is not the normal voice of this half an hour, these this two hour show. Uh, it is none other than Lawrence Nagyest filling in for the only Jared Baldwin. Uh, boy, this is tough to hear here. So I'm going to go without the uh, headphones here. That'll help me out a lot. But anyways, welcome to Live Tell 5. I'm your host, Lawrence Nagyest. I've hosted a few times before, uh, stepping in for Jared as he is on summer vacation. And uh, we are broadcasting here at high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries, the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 KHMG. But we are going to be having episode 272. 272 times Jared or someone has been up here on a Friday afternoon, have, hopefully having a good time, and uh, this this is Friday the 13th, I'll get to more of that later, but uh, those of you that can't join us for the whole thing would like to hear it, of course after this start, I, I do apologize uh, for, <laughs> for any sort of, uh, for any sort of audio difficulties, and, and also for me uh, here, but uh, anyways, if you miss any of the show, you can catch us tomorrow on the Rebound Saturday noon to two, or Sunday seven to nine, and um, we'll be back with you. Of course, there are some things we'll discuss today that are not relative, possibly like the weather, which I'll get to here in a minute. Uh, also, if you like anything you've heard on the show and like to hear it again at your own convenience, there are podcasts that you can download, uh, and, and many of the other great shows that you heard. Even last week, we had the replay of our lunchbox edition, and uh, but those can be found at khmg.org. And then uh, also, if you're interested, you can join us on Facebook and follow us there at uh, Harvest Family Radio Guam. And to receive any of the updates, whether it be on weather or whether it be on uploaded things for the podcast or whatever it might be, uh, Facebook's a place you can find it. I know the Instagram is is one that uh, Chris Harper takes uh, care of there and, and adds lots of pictures uh, daily even. I don't know if he's doing much of that right now as he's in Alaska. But uh, we have definitely a different crew today, as Mr. Harper, Chris Harper, is up in Alaska visiting with his family, as there was the death of his father about a week ago, and so I know he is hopefully enjoying time there, being an encouragement to them. And then you have uh, Mr. Jared Baldwin, who is in the states enjoying time with his family and, and on his vacation. But there you have it, an introduction of of sorts. If you will, but we're going to take a look at the weather real quick. Uh, I will say, I just opened the window here a second ago, and I, for living on Guam, you get a little bit used to having the sunshine all the time, and even when the clouds come out, they're not there for long. But I'll tell you, this last week and a half or so has been cloudy. It's been um, a bit down, I guess you could say, for Guam. Usually it's very beautiful weather. All that to say, 
the sun's out right now. Uh, it's a little cloudy, but but that's okay. We are going to have the show regardless of the weather. But today it was 82 degrees, partly cloudy. Tomorrow is 81. Feels like 86 is what the news says. Uh, there's a shower or thunderstorm early in the day. Uh, and I do know of a wedding later on in that afternoon, evening. And so hopefully that thunderstorm gets through and on its way. And so we don't have to uh, you know, have any issues with the wedding because it will be an outdoor wedding. So we'll be praying for clear weather there. Um, so then we have tomorrow even 86, partly sunny, uh, and some more showers. And then Saturday will be um, – Oh, I guess I have, I guess I have, um, oh, this is interesting. It pulled up Guam, Honduras weather. That's, it has the Guam weather map on it and that the Guam satellite. Useful. Yeah, but I guess, I guess I just gave you Honduras weather. <laughs> Maybe not because this is pretty much looking like Guam weather, but it has the 11th, um, as being our yesterday already on here. So something makes me feel like the old AccuWeather wasn't real sure what I was asking for, what I was looking for. So anyways, we're looking at the 80s. I do believe there's supposed to be some thunderstorms tomorrow, and uh, hopefully they get in and out before that wedding happens tomorrow night. Before we go to a break, which we'll be there in a second, two things I want to talk about here. We have our question of the day and our story of the day. Question of the day. Again, most of these things, I kind of act like I do this every week. I don't. Jared kind of runs the show. But uh, stepping in for him... We have our question of the day is going to be, where is Old Zealand? And then our story of the day is going to, I want to talk about the Thailand cave rescue. Uh, I'm sure you've heard things about that. I'm sure you've seen uh, news updates pop up there. But I'm going to go through uh, a little bit of the details of that Thailand cave rescue. It was uh, extremely interesting. But uh, where is the Old Zealand? So what does that mean? Why is there a New Zealand and not an Old Zealand? So old Mexico is Mexico, old York is York, but where is old Zealand? The first Western explorer to land on what is now known as New Zealand was a Dutchman named Abel Tasman. When he arrived in the 1640s, Tasman thought he had landed on a portion of Staten Land, which is an island off the tip of Argentina, and he named it so. Tasman was a little confused. It had been a long trip. Now, for those of you, uh, just to update your geography, New Zealand is about a three-hour flight from Australia which is directly south of us. Where he thought he was, I don't know if he didn't realize how long he had been on the boat or what, but uh, he was thinking he was off the coast of Argentina, which is a solid couple days of, of traveling on a ship, I'm assuming. And uh, so he, he, I think, had an idea that the world was a little bigger than it was, or he fell asleep for a while and, uh, and assumed he was still off Argentina. He was not. He was off Australia. Soon after Dutch Carter... Cartographers Henrik Brouwer and Joan Blue or Blau figured out that these large islands were actually part of South weren't actually part of South America, and Blue named the area New N I E U W Zealand after Zealand, the westernmost province of the Netherlands. Zealand is also made of islands, and its name means sea land in Dutch. So there, you pretty much have it. Old Zealand is not necessarily old; it's just sea land off the Netherlands. So that is why you have the new um, part is because the old Zealand is over in Europe. Now moving to our story, 
What about this Thailand cave rescue? First of all, who is it? The Moonpaw, or Wild Boars Academy team, whose ages range from 11 to 16, became trapped with their 25-year-old coach. Now, I'll be honest. This is the first time reading through this. I thought the coach might have been older. This is a young fella. 25-year-old guy. Ekapol Chatawang, inside the six-mile Tom Luang Cave in the Do Nang Nan mountain range on the 23rd of June. Nine days later, rescue divers located the team sheltering on a ledge surrounded by water. About two miles of narrow flooded passageway separated the refuge from the main entrance. Efforts to pump water out began immediately as authorities tried to take advantage of a break in the monsoon rains. So you have a couple of things happening here. First of all, the directions that the boys climbed into the cave went downhill very fast, very far to the point where they couldn't get their bodies around to go the other way and then go up the way they had come down. So that is the main reason for their their struggle. Secondly, some of the passageways that they were, were dry or drier when they went into the cave had now become a lot more wet since the monsoon rains had set in. Uh, they were charted for a lot of rain over these next few weeks. In fact, um, some of the heaviest rains of all are happening right now uh, so obviously, providentially, they were able to get them out of the cave before any of the heaviest sets of rains came through. Otherwise, it made it, it would have made the job uh, that much more difficult. So I'm just going to read a few things from each of the days, kind of how it went. Again, if you know most of this, uh, that's fine. You could listen. But for me, um, I had paid attention to the fact that this happened, but I hadn't done a lot of reading or, or obviously watching a whole lot of it happen here. But on Saturday, June 23rd, 12 boys and their coach go into the Tom Luang Nan, Nang Nan Cave Network and the Doi Nang Nan Mountain Range. I'll read that. I don't think I'll read that again. Um, in northern Thailand after football practice or soccer practice in, in that country. A search party finds bicycles locked to a fence and shoes and football boots belonging to the boys close to the entrance. So I'm assuming some of these guys are still in their soccer cleats, which is uncomfortable to be in those for a couple weeks. A sign outside warns against entering the cave during the rainy season, which it is. So 25-year-old coach, 11 to 16-year-olds in their cleats, some in their shoes, lock their bikes up and take off. Well, two days later, Thai Navy SEAL divers enter the cave um, because a day later, nobody knows where they're at. So two days later on Monday, Thai Navy SEAL divers enter the cave searching for the boys carrying oxygen tanks and food. Makeshift shrines are set up for parents to pray for make offerings. Heavy rain continues. The boys are believed to have retreated further into the cave. Of course, because some of the areas that were near the mouth of the cave had started to get water. Drainage of the cave begins to provide divers with breathing space between water and ceiling. Divers reach a T-junction far inside, obviously, um, which means there's a decision as to which way they went. Uh, far inside, but are forced back by rushing floodwaters that clog a narrow crevice near an elevated air pocket nicknamed Pattaya Beach. Uh, so now we have, by Wednesday, more than 30 U.S. military personnel from the U.S. Pacific Command arrive at the site. Uh, on the 30th, so this has now been one week, Saturday, June 30th, rescuers conduct practice drills to safely evacuate the boys if and when they are found. So we have been one week, and still there have been no uh, sightings of the boys. So one week down, they've been inside this cave. I'm not entirely sure what they have with them, but they're obviously all still alive as what we know now. Uh, two days later, Monday, July 2nd, the 12 boys and their coach are found alive and safe by 400 meters 
about 400 meters further along from the elevated area known as the Pattaya Beach, sheltering on a ledge surrounded by water more than a mile from the main entrance. They say they are hungry and ask what day it is. Um, yep, that sounds about right. Hungry, thirsty, and how long have we been here? Uh, Thursday, July 5th, the authorities announced that they have reduced the water levels in the first section of the cave by 40%. It is now possible to walk through up to the chamber three feet, uh, chamber three from the entrance. The boys now have foil blankets, food, light, and set light and seven divers, including medics to keep them company. But the next thing is, is is a a sad, sadder note here, uh, that on Friday, July 6th, um, one of the men going in there to help them in the cave, a Thai former Navy SEAL, uh, Saman Kunin, dies during an overnight mission to place oxygen canisters along the route. His own oxygen is believed to have run out, which starkly illustrated how dangerous any rescue involved involving diving apparatuses could be. So they have to put these oxygen canisters along the way because that's how they're going to get the boys out. So the last two things I'm going to read here is... Um, Sunday, July 8th, and then the beginning of the rescue and the end of the rescue, and then we'll take a break. Four boys were recovered as the rescue operation was launched, accompanied by divers, the first to emerge from the cave roughly 10 minutes apart. Two hours later, another pair came out, and again, 10 minutes apart. All were taken immediately to hospitals in the city of Chiang Rai. Authorities declined to name which boys had been rescued. Their parents said they were told the strongest would be taken out first. I heard the opposite uh, of that happened, that those needing the most medical attention would get out. The mission was said to have proceeded well ahead of schedule. Despite this, eight of the boys and their coach faced another night in the cave as rescuers paused to rest and prepare the equipment. The decision to launch the rescue came as water levels inside the cave drained to optimum conditions. A doctor with cave diving experience earlier went into the chamber and approved the boys for the operation. In the last day, after 18 days, the final four boys and their coach were rescued from the cave to complete the three-day rescue operation. The last of the wild boars then followed their teammates to hospital, wild boars being the... um, the rest of the team that didn't go in followed their teammates to the hospital where they will be kept in isolation for up to seven days to avoid risk of infection. Final chapter of the extraordinary mission appears to have continued in the same successful vein as previous days in the heavy overnight rain, not affecting conditions in the cave. If you do get a chance uh, to see a map of what it looked like uh, or pictures of how um, these divers got them out, pretty much they went in teams, the divers did, and then the, each team of two would take one boy at a time with a full um, underwater mask on that had oxygen pumping that they carried. And then they had stretched a rope all the way back there into the cave a mile back. And uh, so about half of it was underwater, half of it was not. Um, but what an adventure. And, uh, you know, praise the Lord for a safe rescue for all those boys and the coach. But uh, I don't think they'll be adventuring uh, anytime soon. So we'll be back. This is Live Till 5, KHMG. We'll be back in a few minutes after the break. And we're back for another segment of Live Till 5. Uh, if you're used to the familiar voice of Jared Baldwin, he is on vacation in the States right now. We'll be back with us in a few weeks. In the meantime, I'm Lawrence Nangast, hosting for him. 
Perfect great time so far. We've talked about Old Zealand off the Netherlands. We talked about the Thai cave rescue story uh, of, of the last couple weeks and how remarkable that was. And now we're going to get in a little bit of a normal or a regular segment, I should say, uh, of our time here, which is this day in history. So I'll go ahead and provide that. Normally Jared passes it off to me, but today I'm going to go ahead and keep doing it. Uh, we'll do this day in history, and then I have one story about accidents that may happen. Uh, 50 inventions discovered by mistake. We'll get to that after this day. Um, 1837, Queen Victoria is first monarch to live in present Buckingham Palace. So I would assume that palace is a lot older than it is, but not even been 200 years. Uh, a lot of castles in Europe that have been around a long time, but Buckingham Palace is a relatively new building in European monarch standards, I guess you could say. Um, but moving on, we have uh, 1934, Babe Ruth hits home run number 700. And the reason I bring it up is because it was against Detroit. Um I guess we'll keep that as a positive thing because it is the babe. Um, uh, 1939, Frank Sinatra makes his first recording debut, uh, which, as you know, he's a guy you've probably heard around Christmas often or just as one of the crooners from the 1930s and 40s. Uh, During World War II, his voice kind of goes with that time period uh, for sure. 1960, the U.S. Democratic Convention nominates JFK as presidential candidate. That feels late. Uh, The election was, uh, I believe, later that year, um, which is I feel it was more like a year out now where they nominate their candidate. But back then it must have been within six months of the election, and then they went with it. Uh, Of course, he will um, not be president uh, for the full term, as we've talked about each November when that comes around. Um, Moving on to the last few things here. We have um, 1987, federal judge throws out Bette Midler's $10 million suit against Ford Motor Company, who used a sound-alike voice for their TV commercials. I should probably listen more closely. I didn't know that was a thing. If I think somebody's voice sounds like mine, I could potentially go and sue a company for that. Uh, At least she tried. Um, It was thrown out by the judge, but hmm, I'll, I'll listen for that. 1994, O.J. Simpson gives hair samples for testing. Of course, this is at the exact time of the case for his murder case that he was involved in and uh, all the different things that went along with that. And then lastly, 2014 FIFA World Cup Awards, Lionel Messi, Golden Ball. I'll explain these in a second. James Rodriguez is the Golden Boot, and Manuel Neuer gets the Golden Gloves. These are three awards that are given out after the World Cup. Uh, The Golden Ball is for the best player during the World Cup final. Which so we'll find that out on Monday morning, one o'clock our time. Who will be that best player? Uh, it doesn't have to be the winner, uh, as we found out, because four years ago uh, Germany won, but Argentina's Lionel Messi was still given the award for being the best player in the game. James Rodriguez is given the Golden Boot. This is the player that scores the most goals, and then Manuel Neuer with the Golden Gloves, for obvious reasons, uh, is the best goalkeeper. Uh, nobody else is wearing gloves that matter i should say speaking of the world cup i don't know how much you followed along uh it was sort of an interesting summer for me just as personal testimony sebastian have you watched any of the world cup uh this year uh no i haven't really watched it since like maybe 
12 years ago. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. At least uh, he's honest. All right. Yeah. So he was in high school, basically. Yeah. And then being here on Guam with the time difference, you know, It is tough. It. Russia is no help. You'd think, well, it's not America. America's got tough. Time. Well, actually, things in America are in our morning because they're so far apart. Russia's time difference is more of an awkward, like, six to seven hours, eight hours. So things in their night are pushed up in our night. And so it ends up being... Um, in the middle of the night. It was midnight and four were the times that they were playing here. Uh, where in the States, it's more like 10 in the morning. So uh, I watched when I was in the in vacation in the States, I watched many, um, many games, actually. It uh, has nothing to do with the fact that I was at my in-laws, but uh, I watched a lot of soccer while I was in the States. It was perfect. I'd get up, watch the 8 o'clock, go have breakfast, watch the 11 o'clock, come back, watch the 2 o'clock. Um, I didn't do that every day, but enough. And then I got here, and like we were saying, the time change sort of um, put it out of reach. So I haven't watched a game in real time since I've been back on Guam. My dad's recorded, I think, almost all of them, and I've watched partials. So right now I think I am going to get up and watch the game at 1 on Sunday, not because I'm necessarily interested in either team. I just think I'd rather watch it for myself than try and not find out and watch it later. Yeah, I've seen something funny going around where people are kind of like, well, I guess we should show you where on the map Croatia is. Because I watched them play one game, and it happened to be the game against Argentina that they beat them 3 nothing. Um, I'll explain more about that game in a second. But I was, I was impressed. I am not a soccer guru. I like it. I played it in high school and college. Um uh, they were a good team, though. They they had impressive um, uh, impressive plays. That they have good players, obviously, being in the World Cup final. You don't get there by accident. But um, I thought they looked pretty good, especially playing Argentina. Now, the first goal in that game um, pretty much put their goalie on the bench for the rest of the tournament. If you haven't had a chance to see it, Argentina-Croatia highlights. Um, he's in the orange jersey, tall uh, guy had played a decent game so far, but at one point uh, came out to clear the ball real uh, casually uh, out to the right back and did it a little too casually and actually popped it up. And the the striker on Croatia's team basically stood there and he didn't bike, but he just sort of kicked it back over his head into the top corner of the goal. And uh, the goalie, for obvious reasons, hasn't played since, I don't believe. Um, but... He uh, allowed two more to go in, or the team allowed two more to go in. So you feel, I guess you feel better. Well, if you guys would have scored, you know, I feel bad. But because they only scored three, whether we get beat two to nothing or three to nothing, that's tough to argue yeah. with. Still, it was pretty <laughs> embarrassing. Uh, but that was the one time I saw Croatia play a full game was against Argentina. And then uh, the other intriguing part about the World Cup, I'll get to the final, who's playing and all that in a second. I'll close with that. But um, – what was Iceland, I think, was the coolest story. Um, because America wasn't in, everybody kind of has to choose who they're pulling for. A lot of Americans chose England for obvious reasons, and um, and they went, they went very far. They're playing in the third-place match on Sunday morning. Um, but to me, Iceland is probably the most unique or intriguing story simply because it's an island with a little less than twice the amount of people of Guam. And... They're on the World Cup, and they tied Argentina, and they played well against everybody else. And so now when you think back to the World Cup finalist, 
was coming from their group. And I can't remember the score. I want to say it was maybe two to nothing. I might need to look up um, while I keep going. I might need to look up what their score was, uh, but I don't think it was an embarrassment. And to play as tight as they did, two to nothing. That's what I thought. Two to nothing. Um, in the qualifiers, Iceland beat them one nothing actually uh, a year ago in June. But all that being said, you have uh, a little tiny island nation of Iceland looking pretty good in the World Cup. So uh, for me, they didn't make it out of the group, um, but they, they they played well. So anyways, the finals are on Monday morning at 1 o'clock Guam time, and they are between Croatia and France. And uh, I'll talk about France in a second. I won't stick on this for those of you that are not interested in the World Cup for too long. But then Sunday morning you have England and Belgium, which are probably two of the more well-known teams. Uh, Belgium's the one that took the U.S. out four years ago, and, of course, England. Uh, They play for the third place. And then uh, Croatia, again, is one of those that not a whole lot of people would have thought. Not a whole lot of people would have thought. And France, I think the most intriguing thing on their team is if you get a chance to watch them uh, in highlights, replays, or whatever, uh, number 10, I think you pronounce it Mbappe, um, is awesome. Uh, he's he's a teenager on the team. Uh, he's the first teenager to score two goals since Pele in the opening round of, of knockout stage. Scored two goals. I can't remember who they played. But um, the guy, it's one of those where you have the ideas of what you want to do as these teenagers, you know, this would be a good idea. And they have great vision. He does too. He just he just does it. He just makes the plays happen, whether it be a heel pass across the box, uh, the crosses he puts out there. He's just a, a, a finesse player to the max, uh, and he's only a kid, and he's just a lot of fun to watch. So if you do get a chance to watch, uh, watch number 10. He, he was coming off the bench earlier in the World Cup and now starts for them, and uh, just a lot of fun to watch. So before I get too far down the World Cup rabbit hole, one last thing I'm going to talk about before we go to break is an invention that happened by accident. And the one I came across earlier today was cellophane. I knew I'd find it. Cellophane. You see a lot of cellophane at the grocery store. The clear stuff covering the raw hamburger is a type of cellophane. You also seal your friend's birthday gift with cellophane tape. Jacques Breidenberger, a Swiss chemist, was not trying to make something to cover your pork chops in 1908. Saran wrap would be another example of this stuff. He worked in a French textile firm and was looking for a way to make a stain-proof tablecloth. He tried coating the cloth with a thin sheet of viscose film. No one would buy the tablecloth, but Bradenberger realized the sheet of film held possibilities. It took him 10 years to develop a machine that would produce what he named cellophane. He patented the production process and called the company La Cellophane. The name came from combining cello or cello from cellulose with fane from the French word diaphane, which means transparent. Cellophane became available to the public in 1919, and in 1927, a waterproof lacquer coating was developed that made it more useful. With a lacquer coating, cellophane would be used to package food since it was airtight and waterproof. Today, new products are being developed to replace cellophane plastics. So there you have an interesting look at a tablecloth 
that became what wraps your meat up or wraps over the top of your potato salad, your fruit salad, whatever else you need to hold in the fridge. And now you have the um, little snap. They look like shower caps, but you just put them over your bowls, and that's what people use today. So they don't waste all their cellophane. Uh, they, they have reusable um, lids. But we're going to go ahead and take a break here. You've been listening to Live Till 5 on Friday, the 13th of July. And we'll be back in a little bit for... Some more fun? Stay tuned. We're back with a little more Live Till 5, and this Friday, the 13th of July. Uh, we're glad to have you with us. Again, I'm the host, Lawrence Nangast, here in for Jared Baldwin. He is in the States. We'll be back in a couple weeks. We're just making our way through on this Friday afternoon, about 3.37. It'll be about 12.37 on a Saturday or 7.37 on a Sunday night if you're listening to The Rebound. Uh, if you are unable to catch all of this, we will play it again tomorrow noon to 2 and 7 to 9 on Sunday night. And I know some people just have the routine. I just I listen to the show at noon. I listen to the show at seven, and uh, so it may not even be you missed it. It's just that's your plan, and those are fantastic too. But right now, this is part of the show I was looking forward to, simply because um, I do I do enjoy eating, and uh, Sebastian, I find on vacation that only uh, that only gets exponentially stronger when it comes to restaurants and places I don't eat or can't eat normally on Guam. Uh, this craving to just be out eating at all these different restaurants becomes uh, a fascination and yeah. just sort of becomes a little bit of a, a, a mini bucket list. If it's a bucket list for the vacation, like you want to do it before the vacation's over. But what we're going to talk about today is two different things. Uh, they are related in the fact that they are about food, but the first is crazy restaurant challenges. Uh, some of these you've probably heard of. Some of these you haven't, maybe. Uh, I don't know how many places you've been around. Um, part of me wants to just go on a huge fast and then go and travel around and do these just to see how many t-shirts I can get because I don't get enough from the field days and the spirit weeks and everything from here. Uh, but if I could travel around and go get these t-shirts that said I dominated this, um, I don't know. Maybe not a life goal, but seems cool. Um, way to see the United States, that's for sure, because these are all over the place. So I'm just going to kind of cruise through about nine or ten of these, and um, and uh, Sebastian's going to see what he thinks about oh, some yeah. of these too. But the first is the 11-pound carnivore pizza challenge. The challenge, this pizza weighs 11 pounds, is 30 inches across, and must be eaten in under one hour. Two people are allowed to tag team this event, and it costs 50 bucks to enter. So worst case scenario, you get 11-pound pizza for $50. Best case scenario, you eat the whole thing, have a huge stomach ache, but you get $250 prize to the successful team. And so a T-shirt? This one doesn't come with a T-shirt. But this is Big Pie in the Sky in Kennesaw, Georgia. 
Uh, the next is the Eighth Wonder Challenge, for obvious reasons. This is in Clinton Station Diner in Clinton, New Jersey. Uh, this is 105 pounds. The Eighth Wonder is the largest burger in the world. It's 28 inches in diameter and 11.5 inches tall. Ten people are given only 60 minutes. So you get to take you and nine buddies and are given an hour to demolish this beast. That's 10.5 pounds of food per person. However, a cash prize of $5,000 is given to all successful teams. But the odds are stacked against them. No one has ever conquered this challenge. Sebastian, do you have nine friends that you could take and eat a 105-pound burger? I don't. You know what? I I could probably make nine friends. You could and- probably make nine <laughs> friends, especially saying, hey, dude, come and do this with me, and you're going to get 500 bucks. That sounds pretty awesome. But you got to eat your way through 10 and a half pounds of hamburger, bun, and toppings. Wow. Is I don't, there, I don't I, see as, it. If there's bacon on top, that'd be extra. That would be uh, weighty nice. too. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> I just see, I just see full or half cut tomatoes on this thing. Wow. Normally, you put a tomato slice. This has tomatoes just cut in half, placed on the burger. It's that big. Uh, it takes about four people to carry it for obvious reasons, or three if they're feeling strong. Uh, and you get ten people to eat. Wow, one hundred five pounds. How about the Jack and Grill? Jack and Grill Challenge. This is the Jack and Grill in Denver, Colorado. This seven-pound breakfast burrito is no joke, consisting of seven potatoes, a pound of ham, a whole onion, cheese, chili, and, of course, a dozen eggs. There's only one rule. No bathroom breaks. The prize? Free food for life. Whoa. Free food for life is awarded to any woman who can finish this meal. I don't know about that. What? Jack and Grill. I don't know how many people are finishing that to begin with, man or woman. I don't care. But apparently, if you're a woman who can accomplish this, you get free food for life. Uh, hopefully, they are not in a vacation. Hopefully, maybe you live in Denver, Colorado. Otherwise, that would be sad. Yeah, at this place over there, about <laughs> seven hours away, I have free food. But it's tough to get to. Um, a few more here. The 72. Do you like steak? I love steak. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Now, normally, when you get a steak at a restaurant... 10 to 12 is average. 16, you're getting to a full pound steak. I've eaten a 20-ounce prime rib before with horseradish. That's delicious. Horseradish? Yeah, I love it. I don't it. know. Oh, every time. Where was that? If it's a prime rib. That was at City Range in Greenville, South Carolina. I don't know if it's uh. there anymore. But <laughs> it was 20 pound, twenty ounces for 20 bucks. It's a great deal. But for prime rib, I don't like every steak with horseradish. But for prime rib, horseradish, and a little... Uh, um, you know, I, I, I'm not a huge A1 fan. In fact, I'd rather have it plainer with horseradish personally. But anyways, this challenge is a 72-ounce steak challenge. The Big Texan Steak Ranch in Amarillo, Texas, successfully consume a 72-ounce steak, a buttered bread roll, a shrimp cocktail, a baked potato, ranch beans, and to make it nice, balanced meal, a salad. I don't know what that salad's going to do. There's no competition. This is the perfect <laughs> challenge for one Swanson. The meal is free. I don't know what it costs if you just walk in there and want to buy it and don't complete it. But I'm telling you, a 72-ounce steak for one meal, it may be your last. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you like oysters? I've never had an oyster. Really? Never. Uh, they're, they're a little too fishy for me. If they're cooked right, I, I'm, I don't like them plain. But if like an oyster's Rockefeller is pretty good. That has uh. some extra cheese and other things going on in there. But the 15 Dozen Club Challenge is at Acme Moist Oyster house in new orleans 
Louisiana. You have to consume 180 oysters in one sitting. But that's nothing compared to the restaurant's record holder, who had successfully eaten 43 dozen oysters. That's 645 oysters. Wow. And if you do it, you get a free meal and a T-shirt. Worth it. Okay, T-shirt. There's no time limit. See, that's the first (laughs) T-shirt. We finally got to one uh, where you get a T-shirt and a free meal, and we're... At number six already. I think if you complete the other ones, you get t-shirts made about you. You might. Yeah. You might. There's usually some sort of wall of fame. Um, how about this one? The Inferno Bowl Challenge. This is Nidalee's Timex Cuisine in St. Petersburg, Florida. This 48-ounce soup is made from, I don't even know, Bihut Jalokia, also known as the ghost chili. One of the spiciest peppers in the world. Contestants have only 30 minutes to devour the whole thing. And what I heard about this is uh, the guy that did it successfully, uh, $1,000 goes to the successful competitors. You get 1000 bucks. That's pretty good. Towards his funeral, probably. Probably right? that. Or towards <laughs> throat re- repair because it's so spicy. But apparently he ate all the solids out of the soup, filtered or, or, or funneled the water into a two-ounce or two-liter pop can, and chucked that. Ew. So... I don't think it would have done very well, but for a thousand bucks, you kind of do what you can. Uh, last two here: the kids' breakfast, the KDI, the KIDZ breakfast challenge, in Jet- Jester's Diner in Great Yarmouth, England. A kids' challenge, you say? Think again. It's called the kids' breakfast challenge because of the sheer weight. It weighs the same as a small child. <laughs> Nine pounds of bacon, sausages, potatoes, mushrooms, black pudding, bread, eggs, beans, tomatoes, and hash browns top this sucker off. Eat all 6,000 calories in one hour for a free meal. So a lot of these are just kind of giving out free meals here. Not so much... um, T-shirts. T-shirts, yeah. They're they're more or less just um, giving you uh, the meal. And lastly here, there's there's actually a few more. Uh, if you want to look it up, there's a BuzzFeed article. Um, but the Knucklehead Challenge, Knucklehead Hot Dog Diner in Roseville, California, five quarter-pound hot dogs, three pounds of chili, and a pound of french fries all topped off with handfuls of shredded cheese. This monster weighs in over five pounds and must be eaten in under 20 minutes. If you do, you get it for free. So um, I, I guess one more here for dessert since we haven't had a dessert one, the Kitchen Sink Challenge. Uh, the San Francisco Creamery Company in Walnut Creek, California. The Monster Sunday consists of three bananas, eight scoops of ice cream, flavors of the contestants choosing, eight different toppings, whipped cream, nuts, and cherry on top of it all, and maybe a brain freeze or two. Uh, the prize is those who successfully devour the Sunday in under an hour will receive free ice cream for a year. Wow. And apparently, you're not going to want ice cream for a year, or at least at least a year, if you just went through that. So... We have one more food item that goes with us or are going to do before we go to a break. And then we're going to come out and do what's in my ice cream because that's what we're doing today. Oh, what? Yes, that's <laughs> happening. But we have nine of the most extreme junk foods ever created. Now, I believe all of these were created in restaurants. So some of these probably existed. Some of these probably have not. We have nine of the most extreme junk foods ever, and I'm just going to kind of cruise through these, see if you think any of these sound appetizing. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But nine most extreme junk foods ever created. Number one, first of all, let me welcome to the show my sidekick for the rest of the hour, 
or well, the rest of this hour and the next, because uh, we're going to talk about our family vacation. My lovely wife, Lindsay. Good to have you. <laughs> and Thanks. That's, that's par for the course, right there. <laughs> Thank you. A chuckle instead of a hello. <laughs> But good to have you here. Thank so, you. Yeah, we're going to talk more about our, our vacation, family vacation that we had back in June. Um, but she's going to help us also with our with our What's in My Ice Cream Challenge after the break. So stay tuned to that. But before we go there, let's talk about these extreme junk foods that have been created. First of all, the KFC Double Down. Hearing that name, what do you think we're talking about here with the KFC Double Down? Double fried chicken? Okay, what do you think? Anything different? I think it's describing the action where you will fall down, then you get back okay. up, and you fall yes. back down again. <laughs> so both of these could be correct. The sandwich foregoes the most traditional aspect of any sandwich, the bread, and substitutes two fried chicken fillets. Oh. In between the two pieces of chicken, bacon, two different kinds of cheeses, and the Colonel's Secret Sauce. There's no room for a bun here, folks. They did make this. They didn't call it that, though. They called it, I think, something like the inside out. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The chicken inside out, something like that. So they did end up making this. Um, this is written, I don't know when the date was, but it must have been before. It must have been before they did that. I Anyways, remember when they made those. I think they still have it. Do I think they? Still, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember. Yeah. Right, number two, Pizza Hut with hot dog crust. Oh. What? It, that sounds so good. No way. Oh, you just finish your pepperoni pizza and then all of a sudden you have a hot dog that you got to finish? Oh, pizza sounds and like, hot dogs go very well together. It's like the classic the party food. So do you put mustard on the rest of that? You put mustard and ketchup on the on your pizza crust? Hmm. Ranch? You, eat it pl- <laughs> you put ranch on your hot dog? Come you on. Could. <laughs> In 2012, the chain introduced a pizza with a hot dog stuffed crust to our neighborhood across the pond, treating their UK customers to the kind of taste sensation some people might have had literal nightmares about, like me. Is it pizza? Is it a hot dog? Just put ranch on it, and it's good. That's not really written there. I said that because Lindsay said that. Yeah. It would be good. <laughs> Try it. Okay. Try it at home. Who is taking the time to wrap hot dogs up in the crust and hope it doesn't tear or rip? That's going to be, that would be hard. That would be hard. All right, let's move on. Denny's fried cheese melt. In August 2010, Denny's introduced their fried cheese melt, a grilled cheese sandwich stuffed with fried mozzarella sticks. Yes, it was served in both French fries and the side of marinara because it's important to eat vegetables with every meal. That actually does sound good. It does sound good. It sounds like cheese on cheese on cheese. You know, I haven't had mozzarella sticks in like, Forever. We should go get some. They're so good. <laughs> yeah. They're the perfect late night snack. They are. You go out to a restaurant like late at night, mozzarella sticks. I, I prefer onion marinara. rings, but oh, yeah. so good. Now I'm hungry. Me too. Uh, yeah. Next, Dunkin' Donuts glazed donut <laughs> breakfast sandwich. They make those too. There was a place in New York I wanted to go to when I was there that makes this, where they where they cut the glazed donut in half. And then they make a sandwich out of the glazed donuts. Uh, talk about sweet and savory. In 2013, the fast food favorite unveiled a terrifying combination of both a sandwich that used glazed donuts as bread, wrapped around bacon, and peppered egg. Good? Maybe. Okay. Peppered yeah. egg? 
I don't well, yeah, know. it's got it's got a peppered egg in oh, it. Oh, got it. Sorry. I don't know how I feel about the sweet and saltiness of that. Smell. Yeah, I wouldn't like that either. To me, I'd probably That's throw the egg out. Pineapple on pizza. It's I'd probably, ridiculous. yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> I'd probably throw the pineapple. Or the, now you got me saying pineapple. <laughs> I'd probably throw the egg out and leave the bacon in there because I do think I do the think donut with the good. bacon in the middle. That sounds good. It sounds good, yeah. The egg, I'm not so sure about. I don't I don't and how would that, that be? That would be like really doughy, right? Because those donuts are like... Yeah, Dunkin' well, that's like Donuts. the DQ. They had the bacon have... ice cream. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I stay away from those. Yeah. I like ice cream to be straight up just s- sugary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next. <laughs> Sorry, I just started whis- whistling in the... I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> Anyways, they did. Uh, last couple here. I think we have three left here. Um, pizza Hut Cheesy Bites Remix Pizza. Uh, apparently there's nothing that Pizza Hut loves more than using its crust as a delivery system for other junk food items. The hut that Pizza built may have been crammed hot dogs and hamburgers onto their pie sides, but there's something special about the Cheesy Bites remix pizza. It featured fried cheese pockets stuffed with three different varieties of extra junk, from spicy seasoning to cream cheese and sesame to mozzarella and parmesan. The Cheesy Pocketed Delight has yet to reach American shores, but it's a favorite in Middle Eastern Pizza Huts. I love cheese. So everything about that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It, that does sound good. Uh, deep fried butter. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. Dunking things in batter and tossing them into the vat of oil is a nifty way to turn almost anything into a delicious crisp pocket of junky decadence. But that doesn't mean that everything needs to get deep frying treatment. And while deep fried Oreos may be a stroke of brilliance, deep fried butter is just plain madness. That sounds disgusting. If you want to eat something, if you weren't deep fried, don't eat if it is deep fried. It sounds like a heart attack waiting to happen. Yeah. Have you had deep fried hot dogs? No. Neither no. have I. But it just sounds But that sounds like we should roll it up in a pizza crust <laughs> and I'm bake sorry. it. Deep fried butter? Like a stick of butter. That's yeah, like deep fried mayonnaise or something. Oh, Ew. that's another <laughs> level. That's, that's terrible. Disgusting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in your head now. <laughs> yeah, deep fried. Next oh, my food word. challenge. Oh, <laughs> so gross. The bacon bun burger. Now, normally you go to a restaurant and you might get the bacon burger, which usually is a bun with bacon and a burger and cheese. No, this is the bacon bun burger. So there is a picture here uh, of weaved bacon that has been cooked to create a bun shape, and then you have the patty inside that. Not content to have bacon sandwich between two chick fillets, chicken fillets? It's a grilled cheese bun replaced not for you. Then try making your very own hamburger buns out of bacon. Carbs are bad for you, right? Correct. I'm realizing the theme of this, pretty much this whole thing, is that remove the bun and put something greasy on the outside. Yeah. Or remove anything healthy and fry it. That's the other option. But it doesn't even make sense. How could you pick any of these sandwiches up? How could you hold a bacon bun burger? I don't know. It'd be so greasy. You'd have to wash your hands. After every you bite. couldn't. You'd have to eat it in like you one just, bite. Yeah, well, you, not one bite, but one holding. <laughs> There's a difference between one bite and one holding. Yes, yes. It's yes. some burgers you get in your hand, and you have it positioned where if you let it go, you'll never get it back into that shape again. You'll, you'll be eating it burger at a time, then the bun, then the lettuce. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's Lindsay. That, that's the de- destructed burger that's every time she burger. has one. So for me, once I get like <laughs> hold of it, I never really want to let it go because I'll never get it back into the right way, right shape again to my have a, issue, a full bite. My issue is I can't open my mouth wide enough to take that big bite. So that's I why no I, I eat little bites at a time, but then I don't really get the full thing. 
I have no problem with that. We have one more, uh, and then we're going to talk about our weekend here uh, because it is Friday the 13th. But the last one is fried ice cream sandwich. Now, that sounds awesome. The Florida State Fair is proud home of the first fried ice cream sandwich, a chunky treat that bears a name that doesn't even begin to explain what it holds between its buns. It's not a fried ice cream sandwich so much as a bacon cheeseburger, technically a sandwich, topped with a ball of fried ice cream. Whoa. That sounds that sounds like a heart attack, but everything we've read sounds like a heart attack. A fried ice cream sandwich. I might have to try that. No, I, I, I really agree with the not. take the bread away because bread really is a lot of the, you know. The, it is the carbs, but then when you replace it with bacon or replace it with full it's okay chicken fillets. Bacon is, it's okay. Yeah, everything's okay when you know? it's bacon. <laughs> uh, actually, speaking of taking away the carbs, I just had one of those uh, cauliflower crust Was that good? Pizzas. I didn't even notice a difference. I was like. Homemade or bought? Probably uh, from biology. Biology. Yeah. And it, yeah. it was like. Oh my goodness! I, I should just eat this all the time because it's healthier. It is, and it yeah. tastes the same. They say pizza as long as you as long as you don't have such fatty like the crust is so full of carbs. If you can fix that, pizza is actually not that bad for you. I mean, it's a decent amount of cheese, but you throw your veggies on there, and you have a little bit of meat on there. But overall, pizza as as an idea, there are worse things that you can eat. Yeah, so, when we did that diet thing, I suddenly you just noticed ate pizza? How, how much. Well, I suddenly noticed how much carbs like. Like with all the bread and everything I would eat, and I didn't even realize it normally. I'm like, oh, no, I have to stop this. Yeah, we're pretty good at (laughs) at just flying through carbs and not giving a second thought. Sebastian, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, uh, six-hour crash course at Sagwa, and I'll let you guess Oh, my. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Oh, boy. That is a crash course. Let's just say that. (laughs) Well, you guys have a good time with that. Thanks. Uh, You don't need to share anything you learned. Exactly. And then, Lindsay, what what are you doing? <laughs> what am I doing? I'm hopefully getting to the beach, which I haven't been all summer. Yep. And well, as I said at the beginning of the show, this is like even though you wouldn't really call this sunny, this is as sunny as it's been in the last probably ten days. Yeah, that's true. It's not. It's been a cloudy. Uh, it's been good on the aircon, <laughs> but it's been a cloudy um, sky for a lot of uh, a lot of days here. Yeah. So the beach and attending a wedding in the evening. Yep. Um, and then just trying to organize and lay low yeah yeah we'll explain more about our summer uh when we come back at the top of the hour between vacation and moving and museums that is what is in store for us in the second hour i will be probably finishing uh some painting and not a painting but painting i'm doing in a closet um and and baseboards yeah <laughs> it's just painting my closet I, oh, painting our room, I thought you were our like sitting in a closet like <laughs> yeah. painting a masterpiece or something yes and it, yes <laughs> okay and then um we have baseboards that i i need to finish putting on our, our one room and uh, once i get that done I'll, I'll feel a little bit better about the house and we can finish organizing but again we'll talk more about that later uh in the second part of the hour but thank you for sticking with us for this first hour uh we appreciate you being with us we look forward to a second hour of live till five coming up in about four minutes uh, so stay tuned we'll be back with vacation museums and moving and more see you in a soon
And we're back with the second hour of Live Till 5. If you are unable to join us, this is our live talk variety, I guess you could say, variety talk show. And I'm the host, Lawrence Nangast, standing in for Jared Baldwin. He's been away for already about a week, and we'll be gone for a couple more. So we'll have uh, stand-ins for him while he's away. In fact, I think it's going to be, Lindsay, you're going to be here one of the weeks, and then I'll be back for another week, and then uh, the regular host, Jared, will be back uh, at the start of August, uh, the beginning of August shows. He'll be back with you. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, if you haven't been able to catch the whole show, you can catch it on The Rebound tomorrow from noon to 2 or Sunday night from 7 to 9. And uh, if you like any of the ones you've heard of and would like to hear them again, uh, then they can be found on podcasts at khmg.org. Or uh, if you want to stay up with any sort of updates or the pictures that Chris Harper takes or things like that, Facebook page, Instagram, KHMG, or Harvest Family Radio, Guam, uh, will be the place to find that information. But we've had a great first hour so far. Uh, we talked about the World Cup a little bit. We talked about the rescue uh, of the soccer team in Thailand. We talked a little bit about some crazy restaurant challenges. But... As we do each week, play What's in My Coffee. The Hub has uh, not been over the last couple weeks because of camp and different things like that. So we've had to get a little bit more creative. And the most creative thing I could think of today was to do What's in My Malona Bar. (laughs) So what we're going to do now is play that very game, What's in My Malona Bar. So we're going to start with Sebastian and we'll go to Lindsay and then we'll come to me. And we'll see if they had... The ability to decipher what's in the Malona bar. First of all, Sebastian, why don't you give a little bit of explanation what a Malona bar is and then talk about the flavor. Well, a Malona bar is a type of ice cream bar and it's kind of like, I don't know, it has a weird consistency. It's like as if you were to take a Laffy Taffy and make it into an ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I guess that's the. That's a really that, good description. Thank you. Actually. I thought yeah. about that. It's for very, it's very minutes. smooth. <laughs> <laughs> this is a laffy taffy. It's very smooth and 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 a little bit sticky. Um, it's different. How is it smooth and then sticky? <laughs> Those are two different consistencies: sticky or not sticky, and then smooth and rough. So okay. I don't know. To me, that's what comes across. But a laffy taffy, cold laffy taffy, is probably the best thing. Uh, we're going to come with. But uh, so what did yours taste like? Yeah, well, from Laffy Taffy, I was able to determine that it was probably <laughs> strawberry because it had a strawberry kind of taste to it. That's very good. <laughs> These are not as complex as normally as our, our, our coffees that we get each week, which could have multiple flavors in it or ones that taste like other things. Uh, these are pretty basic. Uh, Linz, what was your thoughts? <clears throat> Well, mine is gone. Yeah, I know. Both of you polished yours off immediately. <laughs> it's mine was so good. Um, so it was just a a white neutral color, and uh, super creamy, and had a bit of a nutty flavor. You know, it's kind of like t- tasting. You know, whenever you smell like. A cleaning product or something. You're like, I wonder what that tastes like. Mm, it tastes <laughs> what it smelled like. So it tasted I have, like a cleaning. Product? I have some. No, I have some lotions that I've always been like. You've always wanted to taste. Yeah, it. you know what I and mean. And you just like, did today on you your Malona bar. Get that like wonder what this would taste like. But of course you wouldn't try it because it would be toxic. Of course. So that's what it tastes like. It tasted like my lotions, and my lotion is a cocoa butter coconut. So your dream, so your dream was, was fulfilled. Like, they should start yeah. the Malona lotion. Whew. That's catchy. It, yeah, it Malona was really lotion. good. Super refreshing. Awesome. It was a coke. I think an it was edible coconut. lotion. 
coconut flavoring, <laughs> but it was really good. Very light in the flavor, but just enough sugary sweetness. It was really good. Yes. She's so pumped because it was so good. Um, mine was, of course, very green, uh, a, a light green in color. And uh, to me, I think it's the best flavor, uh, even though I like the other flavors. Um, but I believe it's the melon flavor or cantaloupe flavor. Um, mm. But it tastes super, super good. It's cantaloupe? Just melon. Oh, no. It'd be like muskmelon is what we, what we called it. It's the green melon. Okay. The green melon. Yeah, not cantaloupe. Cantaloupe no, would be a little orange. bit different. Cantaloupe's orange inside and, and that tannish But it's outside. a melon. It is still a melon. Like a Malona bar. <laughs> Whoa. It's namesake. Yes. Excellent. So, in the reveal, Sebastian, you did have strawberry. Yes. Tastes Lynn, like you bread. had cocoa nut, hence the nutty, I guess. Cocoa and I nut. did have melon. So, we're all super good at this game. Of course, again, like I said, when they're not overly complex in flavor, um, you can pretty much You bought stuff. these, so you knew what flavor they were, right? Or I did. did. You, or did you, like, cover your eyes? No. Even to the cash register, like, don't tell me what they are. No, I, tell me the price. I knew what they were. There <laughs> is one more here that's in the freezer. We didn't have a fourth player, but I bought four just in case. But uh, if you've never had a Malona bar, uh, they are pretty delicious. So stop by and get one. And usually most of the gas stations are at our, our friendly JS stores where I picked these up. But anyways, we're going to go into one more thing before the break, but it's a big deal. So we're going to do our quiz now. It is just Lindsay and I this week, so we're going to go head-to-head, but Sebastian's oh. going to Get up our music here. I never win against you. No, that's not true. This could could be about anything. If it's about lotions tasting, you're going to win. I got that. Yes, this is quiz time. It's called a quiz to test your general knowledge. Oh, Oh, it's a general knowledge quiz. General knowledge. (laughs) Which Lawrence is great at and I am terrible at. Awesome. And I'm sorry, but I actually didn't have any multiple choice with this one either. That's so it actually could work in your favor, because if Lawrence says it and you think he's right, then you could just copy his answer, along with everyone else listening out there, I guess. I'm going to Google it as quick <laughs> as I can. <laughs> okay, easy there. Okay, here we go. You ready for this? Ready. Listener, are you ready for this? Are you saying yes into the radio? I hope you are. Here we go. Question number one. What martial art name means to strike with the feet? Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? No, you go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to strike with the feet, um, I'm going to go, boy, I'm going to go with Taekwondo, but I don't really know. There's a lot of guesses I could have. It could be Karate. Don't take my answers. I'm not. I'm going to go with Taekwondo just because I don't know. Okay. I was going to go with that. I'll go with karate. Uh, There's probably more that we don't know about. Those are the two that we know about. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Well, listener, I hope you have your answer picked out. Um, The correct answer is Taekwondo. I knew it. I should have just gone with my instinct and not have done something different than you. Also pronounced Taekwondo. By me. (laughs) (laughs) Taekwondo. (laughs) Next question. Uh, So we have Lawrence with one point. Sorry. L. And then L for Lindsay. So Lawrence. So L-A and L-I. L-N. No, you both have the same. We're both L-N. L-A and then Uh, L-I is probably. L-1 and L-2. That's what my parents did for me and my siblings. (laughs) L-1 and L-2. We can't vote. We're both L-Ns. And listener, uh, L. I, I I won't keep track for you. Sorry. But okay, here we go. 
Um, this next one is worth two points. I'm starting to do some point variation in this, this oh. game now to make it a little more interesting. We'll come back here. Question number two. What is the official name for the pound or number symbol on the telephone keypad? See, I would have said pound would, was the... Um, it's not hashtag. It's not the official. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably not. That was probably out before this. But that's what I want to say. Uh, well, then you say it. Um, uh, let's see. So pound and number is not is not the name. Um, I've heard of this before. It's not an ampersand, right? Whatever. No, that's the and sign. <laughs> ampersand. Are we making up words? That's all I know. No, no that's, that's real. That, that's real deal. Um, I'm going to go with hashtag because that's all I've got. <laughs> hashtag. It's a lot of points on the yeah. line here. All right. Hashtag boy. Uh, I'm going to go with... Um, Pound or number? I want to say it starts with an E, but um, hey, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with I don't know. Think of how many points there are to it. You got the top two part of the lines, and the side two, and the bottom two, and the left two. Octa. Oh. Octopound. Oh. Almost. Octa. It is the Octothorpe. Octothorpe. Remember that, everyone. Wow, Octothorpe. Remember when when you say instead of people saying hashtag say Octothorpe, yeah Octothorpe. Oh, maybe that'll catch on. Octothorpe quiz. Yeah. <laughs> Octothorpe. Octa. Octothorpe. I, Octo. I think. Octo. Is it O C T O? Yes. O Octo. Octo. Octothorpe. T H O R. Okay, so no points for that. That's for sure. I don't know. Can I get ha- Can I get one point for hashtag? That is another name for it. You can get minus one for hashtag. <laughs> Just kidding. It's another name for that. <laughs> but not the correct name. Ugh, whatever. Next question. What is the name for what an archer carries in his, his arrows in? What, oh what does an archer carry his arrows in? It's kind of an easier one. Come on. Now. Do you know? No, you go first. Quiver? Oh, do you know it? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Are you allowed to repeat answers? Of course. Quiver? <laughs> I was going to say are basket. You, are you sure it's a quiver? <laughs> the archer in his basket of arrows. I mean, he is All winning. He could, str- I don't <laughs> he could strategically yeah, his place octo basket. His octo basket. <laughs> and make you lose even more. Okay, I'm going to go with quiver. He said that too quickly. It's right. So it's quiver for you too? Yeah. Well, no one gets the point because it is quiver. <gasps> oh, so we count. We it's cancellation cancel. scoring. So you're oh, pretty I'm much so just going to say the same thing for me for now. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll win by one. I'll go first next time because Lawrence is always right. Okay, well, this one's another. <laughs> not true. This one's another two pointer. What does RX mean to a pharmacist? Um, isn't it a prescription? Prescription. I could. Say yes or no. Yes. <laughs> Will you tell me? Yes. Prescription? Prescription. Um, are you looking for what actually RX means or what does that mean to them? It says what does it mean to a pharmacist? To a pharmacist, yeah. Hmm. I'm not saying a pharmacist I mean, that's from probably a the best time. answer because I'm just yeah. thinking of like RX drugs is like prescription drugs. Yeah, I'll go with prescription too. Correct. You both get no two points. Yeah. It's a medical prescription. I, I mean... That's what I mean. It's usually said to stand for the Latin word recipe, meaning to take. Oh. To take. That's good to know. Yeah, that's why. Um, Okay. Next question. For those Facebook users out there. Mm -hmm. Facebook was first limited to to students at what university? Oh, what university? Yeah. 
Oh, I just knew originally came out for only those in colleges and universities. Yeah, I knew that too. Um, which university did it? The first time somebody told me about it, I thought it was Facebook. And I was like, I feel bad. Maybe she just had a lisp now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what university? I'm going to say Ohio State. I was going to say Boston University. All right. Final answers? Yep. I guess. Okay, Mark Zuckerberg went to Harvard. Oh, <laughs> We didn't, I don't think we some knew light. that. Um, yeah. So there's a, yeah, there's a movie about him and there was a whole bunch yeah, of Yeah, I didn't things. watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was do, it Harvard? It's Harvard. Yeah. I do remember when it came out and it was only available to certain universities. And yeah, I my, that too. my university that I went to was not available. Yeah. No. I Nor was, did they allow it when it became available. I was laughing yeah, at true. it with my MySpace, you know. Oh, yeah. MySpace <laughs> came and went very quickly. It was so nice, though. It was like your space on the internet. It's my space. Yeah. 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 Okay, next question. Last question. Um, so, Lindsay, you can tie it up here, or it'll just be... Uh, oh. So you better... <laughs> I'll answer first, and then you no. can just... Then, then I might can, we might cancel out. I, no, but if you answer first, I'll just say whatever you say. Yeah, so it's probably more no, str- strategically better for Lawrence to okay, go first. Okay, fine, you go first. <laughs> I was All trying right. to help you out. All right. Traditionally... First place receives a blue ribbon color. Second place receives a red ribbon color. What color ribbon does third place receive? Do you know? Do you know? White. If I'm wrong, it's just you have all the colors in the world, (laughs) except for red and blue. Don't guess those. So wait, if I say white, then it's we're going to cancel and you Yeah, and then I win one nothing if you say not white and it isn't white you win anyway well, yeah basically purple <laughs> combination of red and blue not bad <laughs> however it is white and Lawrence of course it is it yep yellow is fourth place yellow's fourth place i, I was actually those are, I that's said. not given out very often i i, I actually would would uh, you receive the yellow price wave and that what around is purple? And, and claim it as first place because it looks like gold yeah that's true that could be confusing if you didn't really see the writing on the ribbon i got gold well anyways hope you enjoyed that quiz hopefully you got well I at did. least as many right <laughs> <laughs> the octothorpe that was a good uh that's good food for thought there didn't know about that one as we as we said today hashtag is the only thing we ever think of it now but anyways uh we're gonna go ahead and take a short break here when we come back we're gonna talk about what we did this summer Uh, The many things we saw and then what we've been doing since we got back to Guam. We'll be back in a minute. Morning when this life is uh, this is great bumper music, if you're listening, uh, because that's exactly what we're going to talk about right now, is the fact that Lindsay and I flew away for a little while. <laughs> we flew away for almost a month exactly, and we are looking for a trip recap as soon as she gets herself back together so here. Funny. So. We're just going to kind of walk through our, our vacation. Again, this is not to do anything but spend time on the radio explaining to people what we did in our vacation. This will lead to more of a profitable segment that I'm going to do on museums. And the reason why I'm doing a segment on museums is is the fact that we went to so many. We did. Wow. 
awesome. It, it was it was a lot of museum going. So we're going to get to that in a little bit. But before we do, uh, let's just kind of walk through our vacation a little bit for those listening. And then and we'll we'll really stop care. and pause for those that care. Yeah, if they need to go into Kmart now, you can. But um, <laughs> but if you want to stay and listen a little bit, we are going to get into some profitable and instructional things here. But uh, it started off by flying to Atlanta. Do you want to go through it and talk a little bit about our our flight there to Atlanta? Yeah. What do you want me to say? How it was crazy? Well, it was crazy. But what else happened between Tokyo and Dulles? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> on nothing, the plane nothing in eventful on the plane we were in oh we're in yeah we <laughs> clearly we're never doing this again because of the impression it did not make no 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 now i, I i'm gotcha same, okay same page same page um, okay yeah so we were blessed with um being upgraded to business class oh wow i kept calling it first class and then i realized yeah we were yeah, sorely first class it was business class which is still better than economy uh, way better. Way better. Wow. So, I had a chocolate sundae with multiple toppings in first and business awesome. class. Which that flight doesn't was this happen. again? This is Tokyo to Dulles. Oh, my goodness. Flight. Yeah, that this is, is all the way across. Yeah, so our long flight, we got upgraded. If we had if we had the uh, tune-in pro right now, we would show you the video of us getting into our seats comfortably, putting on our slippers, oh, yeah. and going through our goodie bag. How did you pull this off? We were blessed. We were given an upgrade by... <laughs> They just they were like, hey, guys, we like you. Yeah, yeah it exactly. was a blessing. Exactly. Scoot on up. <laughs> exactly what happened. Yeah. Scoot on up. So here we NBD. are. All right, go ahead. Here we are in this, where um, there were four of us in a row. So it was like two, four, two. It was a little cozy. It was, but it was still awesome. So we sat in the seat with the four of us, and Lawrence and I are in the middle, and there's these, these two men on the ends. And we get all settled in. We start, you know, getting our slippers and what else? All these other things. Oh, I mean, toothbrush, face lotion, chapstick, which I applied immediately, even though I didn't (laughs) need it. (laughs) You just, you just Just do things in first class because it's there. Yeah, you just get excited. So, um, the guys next to us, these older men who travel probably frequently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, they were not as thrilled with it as we were. So they were kind of a little grumpy. And so I what? leaned over to the man next to me and I said, isn't it so exciting to watch two people who have never been up front, like for the first time, watch them like go through this? And the guy just looks at me like, I guess. Well, I'm under the I'm under the impression that I'm going to try not to give away the fact that this is my first time. You know, I, I just this is this is what I do. I just sit up here in first class. Lindsay's like, oh, I was filming. Whoa, she I was her own paparazzi for a half an hour, leaning all the way back because our seat went all. Yeah, the Yeah, she almost ran the engine out on our seat recliner <laughs> in the first ten minutes. So, um, it, was awesome. it was quite the adventure just getting settled. Well, our our layover in Tokyo got extended a little bit. We ended up with only about an hour and 20 minutes in Tokyo, nestled into our first class or business class seats, and that was an enjoyable flight. And it's a good thing we were that far forward in the plane because we were left with about a half an hour in Dulles to get from international, check our bags, recheck our bags as you do the first time you come from international flight, go through security, go through customs, and then run all the way down to our Dulles flight, which they were, uh, sorry, Atlanta flight, which they were already loading. They had almost closed the doors, and we walk up and get in line with the people headed to Detroit out of the same gate. We were at the right gate, just the plane that had with us, it was already like boarded. So they actually took the two people on standby that were in our seats off the plane, 
put us in there. People weren't so happy because they Aww. thought we were delayed because of us, which I we were I did feel bad. As they were walking down the ramp, like you're just watching. I'd have felt like, worse for myself, though. I'll be honest. I just felt so bad for them. But we But did. they also get a free flight, right? Yeah, they'd have probably been fine. They were on standby. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's we true. paid for ours. They didn't. So that's why they pulled us off. <laughs> pulled them off. Well, then we got to Atlanta on time, and we had a great time there, except for the fact that I didn't realize we had to pick up uh, a friend of ours that was also flying in from Guam that teaches here. And she was coming in from Korea, so in the international section. We were in the domestic coming from Dulles. But meanwhile, I had to go get a rental car that's in a city over, it felt like, it, that you take a far. train to. Then we got our, our car and drove like a, a full like six or seven miles around this big circle and came back into the international section to pick her up. So it was a three-hour ordeal from the time we landed in Atlanta to the time we got on our way. But hey, when you're on vacation, what's the rush, right? Exactly. So then we spent a few days in Atlanta and our first museum stop was The World of Coke. The World of Coke. Now awesome. Now if you've never been there, the entire thing is pretty it's pretty gimmicky to an extent. Like they'll have this vault like the actual Coke thing is in there. Not that it really was. I believe it. I truly believe that the the original Coke recipe is in that vault. I don't. But that's okay. Why would it? Anyways. So that museum is really neat. But the best part about it is when you go into the last room before the souvenir shop, they have these Coke um, dispensers, soda dispensers dispensers everywhere in this room. But it's done by continent where you go and it'll have at a certain pillar. It'll have dispensers around the pillar all from one certain continent. So if you want to go get European soda that's made by Coke for people in Europe, for companies in Europe, they have that there. Then they have an Africa one, an Asia one, an Australia one, um, Central America, South America. Do they taste different? Oh, yes. very different. What? So then you start no, finding okay. the worst one, trick your friends into getting that one, be like, this is delicious, Wait. and they're hacking on the Coke for an Let hour. Let me explain, though. It's not just Coke, like Coca-Cola. It's all Coca-Cola Coke brands and yeah, products. Yeah. So yeah. so you have fruity kinds and salts of water kinds. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this little back cubby hole that is like all the North American stuff you're used to, like the Coke products and the Mr. Pib and all this. The cherry and Coca-Cola. And so and you just that. can drink as much as you want. You don't feel healthy doing it at all. You, you regret it a little bit. But it's it's one of the best parts it about going really to the museum. Cool. It was really so cool. So then we got an ornament that's a little bedazzled Coke can that's super shiny and will catch all the Christmas lights when we put that up. <laughs> uh, so, so we we our, our, by the way, our thing when we travel is we get Christmas ornaments and everywhere we go. I find it ironic that we do that. We can only enjoy it for like a month of the year, but I guess it brings back the memory and we just go down memory lane. It's really special. and it's an easy souvenir. Yeah, because everybody has pack them. It. Yep. So, real small, unless you buy small. a lot, which yeah. we did on this trip. Well, that was World of Coke, and then we went to the Varsity, which is another, like, you must do this when you're in Atlanta at least once, uh, and it's the old uh, Coney Diner kind of thing, real big. It's right across the highway from Georgia Tech, but they have really good sweet tea, really good huge onion rings, and really good Coney dogs and Coney hamburgers, really is what they are. Yeah, those were good. So. That's what we did in Atlanta as far as we saw friends and families and actually went to the Infante's wedding, which is a lot of fun. But as far as our museum stop, that's the one for Atlanta. Number one. So then we flew out Sunday morning and went up to see my sister and her husband who live in Baltimore. And in Baltimore, we're there enjoying ourselves on a Sunday afternoon. And she said, hey, why don't we go up to Gettysburg? Now, I'm a history guy. I uh, I, taught, I teach history. I, I, I've taught it here for some years. 
I love history. I love Gettysburg. I love the Civil War. I love everything about that time period. But it's not one of those things where you're like casually just, let's go to the mall. It was almost put that way, like, let's go to Gettysburg. So me personally, Lindsay can speak for herself, but me personally, I was kind of like, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for a trip to Gettysburg. Like, that's a big deal. I've never been there. I've taught a lot about it. I know a lot about it. Uh, but I had never been there. And then all of a sudden, there we were in Gettysburg. I'll explain more in a second. So what was your thoughts on that? Well, I have been to Gettysburg before. Oh, see, there you go. So, so it, was no big, it was going to the mall for her. It was not. So we've done it on a field trip because I live in Pennsylvania. Well, I grew up in Pennsylvania. So going to Gettysburg was just something that we did on a field trip. Yep. And so I've been there, but I'm not a history buff. So for me, it was very good and very intriguing. But, but it Lindsay's just wasn't a museum like, buff, I found out on this trip. I am. Like, I am. she may not be a history buff. She may not be on, you know, on Britannica, Encyclopedia Britannica every weekend. <laughs> but she loves her museums. I so we get to Gettysburg. Everything. And she is lagging behind at, 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 you know, one of these white tents with stuff in it. Oh, 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 no. I know what it was. She took forever at the, um, these different drum rolls rally call bugle calls that's what it was where you have to hear the bugle call and you pick in what what it stands for love that, that was so-, so uh first of all when you get to Gettysburg, you go into this sweet video uh, that they've done a great job of making and then you go in this circle of drama what is it called circle arama circle arama circle arama mm-hmm. is that what it's called S- sphere arama I don't know. Why does you, it matter? You, I don't, I just want to get the name right. <laughs> so you walk into this place, up these stairs, and you come into this massive dome of somebody. They painted a scene of Gettysburg, a 360 scene of Gettysburg. And then they have this lighting and different sound effects and different things going on. And it tells the story of the, of the Battle of Gettysburg all in one cyclodrama. That, I think that's what it's called. Cyclorama. Cyclorama. I, I already said that. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you. <laughs> Sorry. Cyclorama. So then we go down from that, and that's when we go through the museum. And uh, I had duty as uncle of making sure the two-year-old and four-month-old stayed asleep. So I had to kind of keep pressing on. So if I stopped for too long, you know, they'd stir, and I didn't want them waking up because then they'd get active. So I just kind of kept pushing through, and my sister and Lindsay, they just kind of hung back, and they made it out. It what was- ornament did we get there? Oh, we got a little bobblehead of Abe Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, it's like his full body, but then he has these tiny two little legs and a big top hat and head. I'm yeah, pretty pumped about hanging it on the right. tree. I actually haven't found him. I, from our, there's not a whole lot to break game. on him. No. I mean, it's super. His legs. Yeah, his legs, his legs are like <laughs> skinnier than a matchstick. So we're talking about breaking Abraham Lincoln's legs. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Not on purpose. <laughs> TSA. But um, anyway, so that was that was Museum 2. Yeah. We've we've not even been in the states a week yet, and we've already visited two cities, two museums. Well, the coolest part about Gettysburg to me, actually, the museum was good. But then when you drive around in all the fields that the museum is in and is a part of, and you have all these sorts of things um, everywhere, like all these monuments all over these different fields, uh, and they've preserved it for the past hundred and forty years, fifty years. It's it's pretty amazing uh, to see that. Uh, I think that was my and favorite part about it. And then we went up to Little Round Top. Little Round Top, which is the very bottom of the battlefield area. And you can see... It was a beautiful view. Was you can see miles. Shed yeah. Aquarium over in that area? Shed's in Chicago, I think. Whoa, no, no. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Shed, what, shed Aquarium. What's the aquarium over... There's a Baltimore Aquarium, and there's a great aquarium in Atlanta. But I don't know Gettysburg what's up by Gettysburg. is in the middle of nowhere. If there's an aquarium there, Sorry, that I'm would thinking, be Maybe I think I'm weird. 
I don't Are you know thinking, thinking Lexington of. and Concord with a? If they popped up an aquarium in the middle of Gettysburg, that'd be amazing, but difficult. I'm about to Google this. Go ahead and Google soon. it. But I was laughing earlier because I was like, what if someone tuned in right when we were talking about breaking Abraham's Lincoln? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. There's like no context. It is a Christmas <laughs> ornament. It is a small Christmas <laughs> ornament. We just don't know if it traveled well. No, we have to find it. So let's do one more stop, then we'll take a break and come back and, and finish our vacation. Okay. Um, and the rest of the museums. So we went back to my sister's, of course, and spent a few more days there. Uh, we'll do New York, and then we'll we'll go to break. Okay. So then we went up and saw my other sister who lives in New York, and uh, talk a little bit about this museum here. Oh, we went to the 9-11 Memorial, and this was there were a couple of things I wanted wanted to do in New York, and the one was see a Broadway, and we did. Yeah, what did we see? King, the Lion King, and it was awesome. It Family was. friendly, wonderful production. Really good. That was a good advertisement for them. Well done. And um, the second was I really wanted to go to the 9-11 Memorial. And that was the most um, – it was such a well-done memorial. It was sobering. It was um, – I think it's because it's out of all of the museums we went to, that one we re- that we've actually lived – that yeah. history. And so it was very um, real for us. And I, I'm watching all these kids – they were kids. They were probably like sixth or seventh graders, you know, on a field trip. And they're just going around. And I'm thinking, these kids weren't even alive when 9-11 happened. So it was just, I, I don't know how, how long we spent in that. A, a long time. As, as aforementioned, hours? Lindsay loves her museums. <laughs> I had just was... been there in February. And I spent some time there. But she really spent some time there. That was so, so lots of reading. heartbreaking and just interesting interesting and there's so much information there's so many um collections that they were able to get from all of that um and you were right there like this is where Mm -hmm. the world trade center was Mm -hmm. that's where where the museum is it's right there so it was just such a great such a great memorial so really enjoyed it we did those two things in new york and uh while visiting my sister had a good time there um but when we come back, we'll go ahead and take a break here. It's been a little while. We'll go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll finish up our vacation discussion and talk about the final couple museums that we went to. And uh, and then we'll finish up the, the, the show here this afternoon. So you've been joining us on Live Till 5 this Friday the 13th. Uh, and this afternoon, we'll be back in a bit. That was the National Aquarium, by the way. The I, National I, Aquarium. Yeah, sorry. So I just had to put that in for the break. So. Oh, good. Now, yeah, everyone, glad, all of you know. Glad we cleared that up. This is a uh, break time now, but... Uh, We'll be back. And we're back with another episode of Live Till Five. This is episode two hundred seventy-two. If you've just been tuning in, you've been uh, you're catching up the last part of this episode of Live Till Five. Uh, you will be able to catch the beginnings uh, tomorrow from noon to two, or Sunday night from seven to nine. Uh, I have been the host so far today, and will remain uh, for Jared Baldwin as he is in the states on vacation. And uh, I've had been joined by Sebastian Basildua and my wife Lindsay as we discuss family vacations and museums specifically because we went to so many. We'll get to finishing up that in a second. But um, 
But thank you for joining us today. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up our family discuss- family vacation discussion here. And then uh, we'll probably only have one more break before the end of the show. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, we have a few more minutes here with you on this Friday afternoon. But anyways, Lens, mm-hmm. we were t- – yeah, sorry to snap you out of a sleep there. But um, we ended up – before we left New York, I forgot, we had a fun-filled day – of traveling out to see the Statue of Liberty and Ellis Island. That was on the same day as 9-11. Oh, that's right. Memorial. We did museums all day that, that day. That's right. And I think we walked like 25 miles. And Maybe I'll tell you this right day, now. Wow. It was I'll close. tell you this right now. <laughs> when we left Guam, I think we had two museums planned. I like them. We went to six. Four of it means that we're all just sort of, they happened. Like Statue of Liberty and Ellis Island, because Anna was like, "I've never been there." We we're like, "Well, we need we neither." Well, we were trying to find somewhere that your sister had never been because she lives there. So it's kind of like when you have people visit your city. How many times can like when people come to Guam? I mean, how many times can you go around the island and you're just like, "It's beautiful. We love." The answer it. to that is a lot. <laughs> I'm just saying you do the same things, and so for her, she does a lot of the same things when she has people visit. But she's never been to the Statue of Liberty or Ellis Island. So, I don't know why she would have gone, but we took a boat went, ride out there, yeah, and got a ton of photos of us in the statue, us in the New York City skyline. Had a lot of fun, and then we went to Ellis Island, and us research buffs here go into this little computer lab. <laughs> First start by the three of us sitting down trying to punch in our like ticket code and the lady's like, uh, excuse me, what you guys doing? We're like, <laughs> just trying to look up if our grandparents came through here. Oh, you're going to go need to buy a code for that. Okay. So we get up, go over and we buy the code. Anna does, I think. Yeah. Come back over now with the correct equipment to get in here and actually look around. And randomly, I got into Ancestry.com back in, I believe, May. Just because I got curious about some things. But what it ended up being is I logged in there and pulled up some names. And actually, we looked up and found that my great-great-grandma on my mom's side came through Ellis Island. And my great-grandma on my dad's side came through Ellis Island. While I'm looking up those, Lindsay's feverishly texting with her uncle looking for any of the memos that came through there. My mom's side. My mom, Her mom's side. And ended up finding. her maiden name, Mimo. Who was it? N- so, so my uncle gives me my great grandfather's name, and I type it in, and seventeen Nicola Mimos came through Ellis yeah. Island. No, seventeen of them. So, of course, now I have to like narrow it down. How many? Which one was he? We did end up finding him. We did. Um, he was out of fourteen the seven, when he came through. He was fourteen like when he went through Ellis Island. Not married yet because his wife is going to come through Philadelphia. I think is where yeah. she came through, and she they ended up meeting somewhere. here in the states. But anyways, so all of that to be said, um, Ellis and, Island is very neat. And that was really cool to and be able finding to find them. We was weren't also expecting we weren't expecting to go there and find like that our relatives came through. That wasn't our intention of going to Ellis yeah. Island. It was more just to go and visit. And then we just started yeah. doing the research and it was really neat to you see. You know, there's a pizza place back in my small town that's one of my be- most favorite pizza there. It's called Mimos. So that's why I was like, oh, what? Mimos? Yeah. Maybe you guys are related. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we should start looking that up too. <laughs> we'll go back to Ellis Island and find out. <laughs> so we left New York and went and saw my buddy outside of Philly for about a day. Thankfully, no museums in that stop. Nope. We were only there 24 hours. And then we ended up in Pittsburgh with Lindsay's family. And we had already planned an awesome trip 
to Cincinnati slash Florence, Kentucky, Cincinnati, Ohio slash Florence, Kentucky area to go to the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that, Lindsay. So, um, yeah, we took a five-hour drive to, um, like Lawrence already said, Ohio, and we went to the Creation Museum on the first day. And that was real. That was an interesting, well was done a, museum. Yeah, it was a good museum. And I think if you had nothing to compare it to, like the Ark, uh, it was a great museum with a lot to see and a lot to offer. Um, and was it was pretty neat. Yeah. But then the next day, when you go to the Ark, the it, Ark's on a different scale slash level. Sebastian, of have any you been the to the Ark? I wish. Yeah. I've never been if there. you get a chance, you need to go. It's very fascinating. It's it really brings the story of Noah's Ark like the whole story to life. And you, there's so many parts about the Ark that you don't think about until you go. But a lot of it, of course, is speculation because it's not really like they don't have any written. Right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, artists, artistic um, liberties taken uh, with it, which is, which is fine um, because again, there are some things that aren't necessarily told. Um, but I think the things that they have done have, have given it a little bit more of a, um, a real factor to it. Yeah. Given it a lot more th- things to think about when it comes like to the how ark and did how they it happened. feed all these animals and how did they get drinking water? And yeah, yeah. but it's a huge, huge, huge building. Massive. And then so it's three big. decks, uh, which we walked up and down on. And um, we one spent, interesting thing. Wait, hold on. How long did we spend in that in the ark? Seven hours. Seven hours. What? Seven we hours were, in the and ark. And at this point, Lawrence and we I had already done. Time. This time we had already been. Do, we've already done five this is our museums. Sixth museum. This is our sixth museum. And we were pretty much spent. Now, my family hadn't done any of the others. So they were all they about were good. this. Seven hours. On the we second spent deck. in the ark. A unique opportunity approached our family. Which my mother-in-law and 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 her and her husband took up on it, but we came upon this small little snack shop slash souvenir area, and in this area there's only two of these in all of the world. One is in Hawaii and one is on the Ark, oh. and it is a 3D yeah. statue creator of you. Uh huh. In other words, you get pictures taken of yourself. And they create a statue of you. It's and like we all a... look at this idea like, huh, that's cool. In my state of life, I don't need a statue of me right now. Or ever. Um, but anyway, a couple pounds. Yeah. You? Well, that was, yes, that's one reason. I'm just thinking of a sandstone sculpture of myself and Lynn's. I don't know if we could have gotten serious enough to even get a picture. It'd be us just rolling. I would have had to have known that that was going to happen because. Yeah. Lynn's like bad hair day. I'm out. <laughs> my mom and my stepdad ended up getting this picture taken and got, they've got their statue. Yep, it just, just came recently, in the mail about a week ago, about a week ago. And I was, as she's getting this picture, I said to her, I said, do you wish you would have like thought about what you were actually like wearing? Because now this is going to be. So Jerry's in a polo and shorts <laughs> like and forever. she's in a black and white <laughs> skirt with a jean jacket and black top. So like forever they will have a statue of this yeah. outfit combination, which it wasn't bad. It was just like, it was just so random. You were not expecting to do this today. Do you wish you would have put more time into like, yeah. thinking? you know, it? when you go to Olin mills to get a family shot, you put some time and effort into even just getting a picture of the family. 
a statue of you guys that cost quadruple that amount? It's not. Okay, when we say statue too, it's more like a seven inch. There's just five inch. Five inch. You could put a little loop on it and hang it from the tree. Yeah. That'll be our ornament one day when we go on vacation. <laughs> you could cut up parts and like add joints and make it into an action oh figure. Oh my! You could really get <laughs> that thing going. I hope Lawrence and I get one of these and you one day. Have your own yep, action figure. That will be our ornament someday. We're gonna get the three inch and with a little piece of twine attached there to the top. You, go. you gotta find your grandma and grandpa on the tree. <laughs> the old pickle story will uh, now be finding grandma and grandpa on the tree. That's That's hilarious. not terrifying. Um, so anyways, well, we're going to take one more break before the top of the hour, but before we go, um, Linz, what have we been doing here a little bit since we got back? Oh, we got back and we moved. We did. We moved. So in the process of moving. And what was moving like for us? How, how did the process go of even, even decorating our house? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, it wasn't fun. No? No, it was not fun. Did we, do we like to paint? I've never painted. Okay. Do we like to pick paint colors? We do not. Mm, We don't. Lawrence and I are on total opposite spectrums as far as paint, as far as design goes. But we're a team, so we got it to work out. But how did the last day in Home Depot when we bought paint work out? Okay. So I had all these. We had... We probably bought about 11 samples. You nailed it. We bought exactly 11 samples. 11 samples of paint color of what we were going to do our living room and what we were going to do our bedroom with. And if we'd have been an HGTV show, we'd have had one whole episode on sample picking. Yeah. We're definitely no Chip and Joanna Gaines over here. So, um, so anyway, so I just wasn't quite settled on the paint colors. Maybe someday we'll have our own, our own store and we'll call it like, um, Bougainvillea Farms or something like that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Threw her off there. That that's like a flowering tree, you know, like Magnolia Farms. In I the... I gotcha. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Sorry, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> anyway, so I wasn't quite settled on the pink colors, and we get to Home Depot, and Lawrence is like, "These are the two colors. We're not buying any more samples." So I was like, "Okay." So we get there, and I found just another color, and I thought, I wonder what this looks like. So I showed it to him, and I said, I wonder what this looks like on the on the walls. Well, he just takes that little, you know, those little color samples. You swatches. Can, the swatches. And he hands it to the guy, and he goes, I want two gallons of this color. And I'm standing there like... Mind you, we'd gone to Home Depot six times and only ever walked out with samples. That's how many times you have to go there to get 11 of them. So when I was done with that game. I was like... We're going to put a thousand things on the wall and never going to be able to pick. So I was like, we're done with this. Well, These will be great. Actually, it was that color is exactly what I was looking for. So I didn't know it at the time and I was very nervous about it, but it was exactly what we were looking for. Yep. And it's beautiful. I so love it. So we have silver drop in the bedroom and we have wheat bread, wheat bread in the living room. So we awesome. finally agreed. Yeah, we did, and it looks great. It does. So look good. we're we're uh, now organizing and putting things into its place. It's taking its time, that's for sure. But um, but that was kind of our summer in a nutshell up to this point. Now we have a couple weeks to get things prepared for school, and then we're excited for a new school year. But I'll be back to close up the hour after this. Uh, but thank you for joining us on another episode of Live Till Five. We'll be back to wrap up the show in a minute. with me, Lord, God, walk with me. Walk with me, Lord, God, walk with me.
While I'm on this old just journey, I want Jesus to walk with me. And we're back with the last little segment here of Live Till 5 this Friday the 13th, 2018. And it, we always try in this show to take a few minutes here at the end, challenge you on your weekend, challenge you as you go into the next couple of days of hopefully a little bit of rest, relaxation. Uh, and if it's on a Sunday night you're listening to the end of the show, then you're headed into a new week. And either way, uh, something from God's Word is always applicable no matter what time it is. Um, but I would first enjoy, invite you out to come on a Sunday morning and visit our church here at Harvest. Um, we're located right in the middle of the island in Barragata, right off Route 8, down from the Mobile McDonald's, one of the most famous, as, as far as if you work for Harvest, one of the most famous landmarks on the island. Uh, but the verse I want to share with you... Uh, has has sort of rung true in a lot of areas of life, um, no matter what you're applying it to. But it's in Romans chapter 8, uh, in verse 28. And it's one we've probably heard uh, every now and then, but I want to just remind you again, going into the weekend, what this verse says. But And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And... Um, I'll tell you, even this week, there was something I was trying to figure out in work um, that when done in my own strength, when done in our own strength at times, um, becomes very difficult uh, for us to see the light at the end of the tunnel, if it will, if you will. Uh, It becomes very difficult for us to mathematically figure out, for us to uh, sort out in our mind. And sometimes you just have to give those things to the Lord, and that's sort of what I am reminded of every time I get into a situation where I try to work it out in my own strength is um, this is probably not not the best, not the best. And when I read this kind of verse here where or this verse here when it says uh, things are going to work out according to his purpose, uh, I have to remind myself that the things I'm trying to work out may not be how I think they should work or it may not work out for my purpose. Uh, but I have to be patient, rely on the Lord. And uh, that is definitely one thing that I've figured out as uh, I plan for this next school year. Um, vacations. Uh, for example, we never got into um, the last little part of our stop out here, but we missed our flight in Chicago by about 10 minutes and we're delayed there for about 24 hours. And I know of some other people that have come out here do as well, but sometimes you need that. Like, for example, at the beginning, I was very frustrated. Uh, I don't like when my air air trips don't work out. And when we were delayed in Chicago for an hour, or not an hour, a day, I was thinking, good night, this is this is the worst. Uh, it was the day before our anniversary. And uh, instead, when you, when you stop and wait and look at what, what's going on here, um, it was a perfect opportunity for, for Lindsay and I to get a little bit of time uh, before we came back to work, before we moved, but away from family and the vacation that we had just taken. And, uh, I mean, again, that's that's just a small little example of something the Lord worked out uh, for us that we would never have asked for. We're ready to get back and rush right into everything. And he said, you know, you know, maybe, maybe take a second here. And then I think about even the provision of, of who comes out to work every year is the Lord provides the people and the folks to come and teach the kids here at Harvest and work and the staff every year according to his purpose and even who you, uh, who goes and comes. And so uh, when, you're, when you're caught in the middle of something, 
wondering which end is up sometimes, wondering which uh, which way is right or where where um, where to turn next. The Lord is going to work things out for His purpose, and that's why we have to be okay with it being His purpose and not try to work things to ours. And that flexibility, whether it be in ministry, in the workplace, in a home, uh, is one of the greatest things that uh, the Lord can teach us: is to be flexible and wait on Him. But I hope you've enjoyed this time we've we've spent together on this Friday afternoon. I've had a blast. Uh, I'm thankful for Lindsay and Sebastian joining me up here and uh, making these couple hours really just kind of fly by here. And um, I think next week Lindsay will be back with her gang. Uh, if not, I'll be here and she might be in the next two weeks. But we're going to work something out. We'll be back here a couple more times. Um, and we'll have some other interesting things to talk about. And um, next week we'll know the winner of the World Cup. Next week we'll be that much closer to the school year. Kids, if you're listening, I'm sorry. School supplies are already in the shelf. It's crazy. But uh, this has been an awesome episode, 272 of Live Till 5. Uh, podcast will be available soon. Catch us in the rebound tomorrow at noon to 2, 7 to 9. If you need a church to come to on Sunday morning, please join us here at Harvest. We'd love to have you. But thanks for tuning in this week. We'll talk to you later. Have a great weekend.